For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. Welcome to a brand new edition of Over the Line. Andrew McLean here with you. I know this doesn't matter much to you, but it is a little later in the day. Starting the show a little later than we want. And that is because my life is complicated. That's right. It's very complicated. Y'all don't want to have a life this complicated. I promise you that. I've been doing car stuff. Mainly car stuff all day. Trying to figure out what's wrong with my vehicle. Working on that. Gotta get that fixed. Off the top, y'all know the drill. All the social medias. Really pushing the Over the Line Facebook page right now. Because we're trying to get some traction. Here's what Facebook, Twitter does this too, but... When we, what we do is we'll take a short clip from every podcast. We'll take it out of the podcast. I mean, we'll leave it in there, but we'll, we'll make a duplicate. Then we'll post it on my personal Instagram and then the over the line Facebook page. And we do that as almost like a preview for people to see just a short clip of the show for that day and intrigue them enough for them to go over to the YouTube channel, which is where you're watching this now if you're not listening to the audio version, and watch the whole thing. That's the ultimate goal. Get them over to the YouTube page, which is youtube.com slash over the line. Subscribe, click the notification bell, and then you know when a new over the line show is posted. But we post those teasers on social media to get some... Uh, some traction on that front. So when we do that, we've only been doing it, I think we just started this week doing that. When we do it, Facebook has this thing, whether it's algorithms or whatever, they make sure that no one 
can see it. Well, I say no one. They they make sure it's not popping up in people's timelines. They want as few people to see it as possible. And, you know, that's trying to silence conservatives or that's just how their algorithms work or whatever. I, I don't necessarily know the reason for why that happens. But what you need to do, you the listener, if you see those in your Facebook feed, just click like, quick comment, anything like that. Put something on that video, whether it's shared to my personal or on the Over the Line page. Like it, comment on it, share it, obviously. But give it some sort of reaction, because the more reactions it gets, the, the more likely it is to pop up in other people's feeds. And then the more we get the word out, the better off we are, blah, 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 blah. So, anyway, with that said, today's show. You ready for this? You already know what it's about. Brianna Taylor and the Brianna Taylor decision that came down just yesterday. A lot to unpack there. I want to get into that. But first off, I just saw this as we were coming on air. And it was the president and the first lady paying their respects to the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg. As most presidents would do. It's a very honorable thing for Trump to do. Of course, with Trump, nothing has been, nothing has been, um, how we say, normal. The normal traditions of, of a presidency, what a president does, you don't get a lot of that with Trump. And it maybe part of it is Trump's fault, but a lot of it's not. A lot of it's pettiness from other people where it's disinviting him from a funeral or a viewing or whatever. This one, Supreme Court Justice... Trump and Ruth Bader Ginsburg didn't necessarily have any bad blood. They didn't agree eye to eye with the ideology or whatever. But Trump came to pay his respects, he and the First Lady. And they stood out there, and apparently the general public was able to be there as well, at least at a distance. And so I want to play you this quick clip. As they're standing out there, you will hear the, the crowd start to get louder and louder with chance of vote him out which is very disrespectful if you ask me but i don't expect anything less from these people check this out Trump there with his mask on, paying his respects in front of the casket. Then the chance start of vote him out. President and the First Lady pay their respects, turn around and walk back into the building. President and First Lady Melania Trump making their way inside. The chanting you heard were people outside the building shouting, vote him 
out. And you hear how excited. That's Stephanie Rule from MSNBC. You hear how excited she is to report that. Just so everybody knows, they're saying vote him out. She said it so dramatically, too. Vote him out, they say. That's how America feels. That's what they want you to think. They, they want you to think that this is the sentiment that everyone has, that they want him to be voted out. And I, I don't see that as something to worry about or something to fret over, that there are too many people out there that hate Trump. I actually view that with a lot of sympathy and feeling sorry for those people and, and how bad of a day they're going to have on November 4th when they wake up and they realize Trump is still their president. I feel really sorry for those people. All right, on to Breonna Taylor. This is something, this is a case that we really haven't talked about on the podcast much because, one, I've had for, for the past six months, as this thing has unfolded, I've had a hard time wrapping my mind around this. Now, the first thing I'll say, and this is just me, how I'm, I'm wired, this is my point of view, and, I, and you guys may approach it in a different manner, but I'm big on fool me once, you're not going to fool me again. Or however George Bush said it. You can't fool me twice. So when it comes to these scenarios where an immediate reaction and explanation for everything that happens comes out from the media, from activist groups, and they say, this is what happened. And this is why this person's in the wrong. This is why the police are in the wrong. Blah, 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 blah. I'm immediately skeptical. Every single time. I'm going to be skeptical because I've been burned so many times from these people and how it's reported. So I simply say, let's wait on the facts. This is a, a rule of thumb just from exactly what we talked about on yesterday's podcast with uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. Wait till the facts come out. It doesn't seem like a hard concept to grasp, but for a lot of America, it apparently is. We didn't wait for the facts to come out. We took what we were told at face value. And I say we, I don't necessarily mean me, because like I said, I've, I've kept it at arm's length. But for a majority of the country, black, white, left, right, whatever, they took it at face value and we've all viewed this story as a tragic event of an innocent Breonna Taylor, who was an upstanding member of society, who has uh, been savagely murdered by police with, for, for one of two reasons, either because of her race or just trigger-happy police in general. This is what we've been told the whole entire time. As investigations were going on, which they had to keep tight-lipped, that was the story. Athletes, actors, music artists, all say her name, Breonna Taylor. It's on the t-shirts. It's on, on the courts and the football fields and everything. All over the place. Another, yet another martyr for the Black Lives Matter movement. Well, as of yesterday, the Kentucky Attorney General comes out and he lays out the evidence of the case and lets the general public know what the grand jury has decided as far as the three officers involved in this, what they have decided to do going forward for a, for a trial. 
And the result is only one of the three officers being charged, that one officer being charged with three counts of something we've never heard of, wanton endangerment, which is basically a result of bullets being fired that endangered other people, other people in that apartment complex going through walls and yada, yada, yada. It's a class D felony. I don't know how all that stuff lines up, but nonetheless, that's that's where we're at. So just a brief timeline of how this all went down. And I've got this from ABC News, so you on YouTube, you can kind of follow along with me. Um, at least three different law enforcement agencies in the state launched investigations, parallel investigations into Breonna Taylor's death. As the, the weeks have passed by, the demands for answers, blah, 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 get past that part, starting off at March 12th. Louisville Metro Police De Department Detective Joshua James files a request for a no-knock search warrant of Brianna Taylor's home after investigating the activities of Jamarcus Glover. Now, Jamarcus Glover was known to the police as a drug trafficker, a guy that pushed drugs throughout the community. He was one of the big dogs. Glover is Taylor's ex-boyfriend who, according to police, was using her address to mail drugs through the post office. Police note in the arrest warrant the request that they verified with postal inspectors that Glover was receiving packages at Taylor's, at Taylor's address. So they're working with the post office. They know for a fact these drugs are coming through the mail and they're ending up at Brianna Taylor's address. There was a no-knock warrant requested Due to the nature of how these, these drug traffickers operate, these drug traffickers, they've got a history of taking drugs, flushing them down the toilet, getting rid of them in one way or another, and even taking off when, when the cops show up. So they want to catch them by surprise. On March 13th, minutes after midnight, as Brianna Taylor and her boyfriend Kenneth Walker are asleep, allegedly, asleep inside their ground floor apartment at the St. Anthony Gardens on Springfield Drive, there are knocks at the front door. Knocks, right? <laughs> so the police, the police decided that they weren't going to go ahead and, and, and uh, 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 execute this warrant as it was laid out, which was, in fact, a no-knock warrant. They had every right within the law to execute a no-knock warrant. To kick in the door, say, everybody get on the ground. We're here to search the premises and find out what's going on here. Because we're, we're watching tons of drugs come through here. Tons of people come here and buy drugs. So, they knock. Uh, plain clothes, Louisville Metro Police uh, Department officers, Mile Cosgroves and Brett Hankinson and Sergeant Jonathan Mattingly. Use a battering ram to force open the uh, the green door with the gold number four hanging on it, at which point police say they are met with a gunshot and strikes Mattingly in the thigh. Now, I'm reading this from ABC and I'm having to fill in the blanks because ABC has this weird habit of not really explaining the whole story and then just kind of breezing over very important parts of uh, what happened. So, what happened there... The police knocked and identified themselves 
three different times, okay? Three different times the police identified themselves. And they would not come to the door. They knew the police were there. And they would not come to the door. So they use a battering ram, open the door. Mattingly is the first to enter, or actually the only person to enter the apartment, but at the front of the line of, of the police officers, and immediately, immediately is met with gunfire. At the end of the hall, where the gunfire is coming from, is Kenneth and Brianna standing side by side. So you've got Kenneth, as the police come in the door, shooting and striking a police officer. And so what are the police officers supposed to do after that? They return fire in that direction where Kenneth, the shooter, is standing right beside Brianna Taylor. Now, if you're Brianna Taylor and you're an innocent, you know, upstanding member of society... You're probably not going to be, one, living with somebody that's willing to shoot at cops, and two, standing with somebody that's standing right beside somebody that's shooting inside the home. Even if you think it's an intruder, why are you standing in the hallway with the guy facing the front door, okay? But that's where we are, and that's what ABC uh, fails to point out here. Three officers blindly return fire, and to put officers were blindly firing, like... Like they, like they came in with blindfolds and started shooting. With more than 25 bullets, some entering other apartments, including one with a five-year-old. Now, it is important to note that nobody else was injured in any of these other apartments. But ABC, again, will not point that out. They want to leave that hanging. They want to leave that lingering to let you, in your mind, form your own reality as to what happened that's their job that's what they're made to do they're made to form an opinion but use your own mind your own thought process to form that opinion well we we didn't lie about anything we just kind of breezed over this part it's absolutely sickening the state of the media but we won't get into that that's a different story all of this is available for you and i'll get into that in just in a second but when the uh, when the the Kentucky Attorney General came out and made the statements, he explained all of this. Now, there were big lies that came from this right off the top. The first one was that they executed a no-knock warrant. So the guy that's firing back at him is just an innocent guy, thought his house was getting broken into, and so he's completely innocent. It's the police's fault. They just kicked the door in and, and came bum-rushing with guns. But once the investigation got going, they were able to find out and coordinate with other witnesses around the area that the police identified themselves and knocked no less than three times. And it shows you, just, just from the series of events, it shows you the homeboy knew they were at the door because he was standing in the hallway with his gun drawn when the door came open. They had a no-knock warrant, the police, and they did not execute it. They went the safer route, identified themselves, and asked these people to open the door. They refused to do so, 
So that warrant then allows them to use the battering ram to bust the door open. But what we were told, what we were told was they just busted in, guns ablazes, uh, as, as, as far as ABC says, blindly firing at anything and everything. Blindly firing. We also heard that Brianna Taylor was asleep in her bed when she was shot dead by police. But she wasn't. We find out now she was standing in the hall. So how do we get to the point where a majority of the general public believed that police just kicked the door in without identifying themselves and they shot Brianna Taylor while she lied in her bed asleep? Well, that's because BLM told us. Black Lives Matter activists told us that's what happened. And of course, the media didn't question it. The media is going to take them at face value. You can't question Black Lives Matter. They're always right. They get the benefit of the doubt on every single case. You don't question them. Now, Black Lives Matter is not some sort of grassroots movement that's just concerned with police murdering black people in America. Black Lives Matter is an organization that is built to seek political power. They want power. Not safety from police. Not safety from shootings. Not safety from bullets. They want political power. And they think they can get that political power because look how they're shaping entire stories. Just because what they say goes. They say cops entered with a no-knock, executing a no-knock warrant. Breonna Taylor's in her bed asleep. Cops shoot her dead. You know that's what you've heard. For six months, that's what you've heard. And you're saying to yourself, I can hear you. I can hear you in your head as you're watching this video. Yeah, yeah, he's right. That's exactly what he said. And because of that, because of those lies, people reacted to it. The Louisville City Council actually passed unanimously a ban on no-knock raids. The Louisville City Council got bamboozled, thinking that Breonna Taylor was killed in her sleep because of a no-knock raid. So they banned them altogether. No more no-knock raids in Louisville whatsoever. Rand Paul in Washington, D.C. Rand Paul introduces the Justice for Breonna Taylor Act because he had been bamboozled as well. And you remember how that worked out for Rand Paul. You remember him leaving, uh, leaving the, the uh, uh, nominating ceremony for the RNC for Donald Trump after he accepted the nomination? And the crowds of protesters were out there screaming at Rand Paul saying, say her name. Ramball and his wife simply leaving the nominating ceremony of 
their party's nominee uh, being put in danger, really, by protesters there in, in uh, D.C., nearby the White House. That worked out well for Rand Paul, huh? I bet he won't do that again. And hopefully he's learned his lesson. But this is the moment right here where we found out from the Kentucky Attorney General what exactly happened, especially when it pertains to this no-knock warrant that we've been lied about, well, been lied to about for months and months now. Let's see if I can get Rand Paul still, uh, still running amok. Let's get rid of him real quick. Well, we don't need all that. This is the Kentucky Attorney General just yesterday. Today is what? Uh, uh, September 24th, 2020. This was the 23rd just yesterday. Of March 13th, officers from LMPD executed a search warrant at 3003 Springfield Drive, Apartment 4. This was Miss Brianna Taylor's residence. The officers were advised by superiors to knock and announce their presence in serving this specific search warrant. The scope of our investigation did not include the obtainment of that warrant by LMPD's Criminal Interdiction Division. Federal law enforcement partners are conducting that investigation. Sergeant Mattingly and Detectives Cosgrove and Hankinson had no known involvement in the preceding investigation or obtainment of the search warrant. They were called into duty as extra personnel to effectuate the service of the search warrant. They only had information conveyed to them during their prior briefing. Evidence shows that officers both knocked and announced their presence at the apartment. The officer's statements about their announcement are corroborated by an independent witness who was near in a proximity to apartment four. In other words, the warrant was not served as a no-knock warrant. When officers were unable to get anyone to answer or open the door to apartment four, the decision was made to breach the door. After breaching the door, Sergeant Mattingly was the first and only officer to enter the residence. Sergeant Mattingly identified two individuals standing beside one another at the end of the hall, a male and a female. In his statement, he says that the male was holding a gun, arms extended, in a shooting stance. Sergeant Mattingly saw the man's gun fire, heard a boom, and immediately knew he was shot as a result of feeling heat in his upper thigh. Kenneth Walker fired the shot that hit Sergeant Mattingly, and there is no evidence to support that Sergeant Mattingly was hit by friendly fire from other officers. Mr. Walker admitted that he fired one shot and was the first to shoot. In addition to all the testimony, the ballistics report shows that the round that struck Sergeant Mattingly was fired from a 9-millimeter handgun. The LMPD officers fired 40-caliber handguns. Sergeant Mattingly returned fire down the hallway. Mattingly fired six shots. Almost simultaneously, Detective Cosgrove, also in the doorway, shot 16 times. This all took place in a matter of seconds. In total, six bullets struck Mr. 
Then goes on to say six bullets struck Miss Taylor. One of those bullets uh, caused her death. I don't know what happened to the audio there, but um, that's that's what he goes on to say. And so there it is. There's the truth as to what happened. And what's so bothersome about all of this for me is the fact that the American public had just taken it for what it's worth. Now, you can redeem yourself if you've bought into this hype, if, if you've believed this nonsense that you've been told and that these trigger-happy police just busted in the door and started firing like crazy because there's black people in there and they were just looking to kill a black person, which is what we're, we're being told we should believe. You can go read it for yourself. I mean, there is the complete summary of the investigation online. Reach out to me. I'll give you the link for it. You can read it yourself. It's in a very, uh, a very easy to read form, and this this thing's got every bit of information you could ever need. Just flip through it. It's got police uh, video uh, photos, uh, the surveillance footage. It's got phone conversations between. Uh, uh, Kenneth Walker and uh, Glover between them and Breonna Taylor showing her involvement in the drug running. It's all right here. Every bit of it. No life shouldn't be lost in any scenario. We should all be able to agree on that. Nobody wanted Breonna Taylor to die. But once you get the facts of this case you realize that this resulted in the same way so many other illegal activities resulted. A tragic situation of someone's poor choices leading them to their ultimate demise. That's what happened with Breonna Taylor. This is not a case of someone sleeping in their bed shot by police because of the color of their skin. It never seems to be that way. Case after case after case that is highlighted and fueled by the media time and time again all turn out the same way. There's always more to the story every time. Again, go read that for yourself. I'm, uh, I'm not going to read it because it's like 41 pages. And y'all don't want to stick with me through that. I guarantee you that. So, another mistake that was made was on the behalf of the Attorney General, for some reason, whatever that may be, they decided to announce days prior that they would be holding this press conference. And Lord knows who made that decision because I just can't imagine anyone with a head on their shoulder saying, hey, let's give protesters a heads up that we're going to be announcing this. So if it doesn't go their way and they want to throw a temper tantrum and burn our city down, they can go ahead and organize. It's no secret that these protests like we see in Seattle or Kenosha or, or, or New York City or wherever, they're completely organized. They don't just come up out of nowhere. They don't just pop up and just people randomly in the streets all, all get angry at the same time and start burning the city down. 
It's very organized. We've seen evidence of that time and time again. So my question is, why give them a heads up days in advance that you're going to make this announcement? Especially if you know that announcement is not going to be satisfactory for the mob. The mob's not going to be satisfied. The The mob will never be satisfied, first of all. But they certainly weren't going to be satisfied with the fact that you're not charging all three cops with murder. Which would have been a giant miscarriage of justice. But with the mob, they want their own justice. They don't want justice that is just. They want justice that they implement. So what happens when you give the mob a heads up? Well, things like this. U-Haul trucks start showing up in the city the day of the announcement. And these U-Haul trucks start getting unloaded and they've got barricades and shields and different weapons for all the peaceful protesters to use once the announcement comes out. Nice barricades there that say abolish the police. The abolition, abolition now, that line. What else we got? Oh, this one right here says F12 in the corner. No, they're having to tell people to come over and help. There's <laughs> a bunch of lazy bums. Can't you see these people trying to get these shields out of the car, out of the U-Haul? Yeah, come help. Hey, a bunch of bums. Your mama's not going to come over here and riot for you. Get off your backside. So they give them the heads up. Give them time to organize and get ready to burn Louisville to the ground. You start seeing things like this. If any of you watched the coverage last night of what happened in Louisville, you saw things like people jumping on the back of moving police cars. And um, really half of these clips I couldn't even play for you because they had such awful language. But you can't help but look at this. For those of you on YouTube, I know some of y'all are listening to audio, and you're like, come on, Andrew. You can't help but look at these people and think, who raised you? You people are acting like absolute animals. Animals. That's what they are. And, And, you know, I'll be called racist for calling these. And that's because they're not protesters. They're animals. (laughs) Whatever. Uh, So you have all that chaos going on, very organized riot there in Louisville, and it results in what we're always afraid of hearing when these things go down, and that is a police shooting. Actually, two, uh, uh, the last report I heard, it was two officers. I also heard reports of three, but from what I know, three officers were shot during these protests last night they're in stable condition as far as we know but here's the video footage of the moments those shots popped off And you like the one guy, he's like, oh my god, they're shooting guns, everybody run! Now, I apologize for the language, I usually don't let the the language come through on here. But, the moral of the story is, 
Don't allow the protesters time to organize. This stuff has got outside money coming in. It's promoted by the Democrat Party. It's promoted by people like George Soros and others who want to sow division and chaos in this country. And they want to portray an America that belongs to Donald Trump that has this happening in the streets in every major city. That's what they want. Now, you can't deny the fact that this is only happening in mostly liberal cities. You're not hearing about deep red states having these kind of protests, but you know that's neither here nor there. This is what they want. This is what they want running on the TV 24-7. They want Americans and, and really people from all over the world to think this is what Donald Trump has created. And it couldn't be further from the truth. It's actually the exact opposite. It's manufactured outrage. And it's using people and their emotions to accomplish that. It's a sad, sad situation. But nonetheless, that's where we are. And it all gets solved. We, we actually saw this happen in Louisville last night. It was solved... In no time, once we started bringing in the military equipment and actually allowing law enforcement to do their job. It's amazing how quick that stuff gets cleaned up. So what did we learn? Everything you knew about Brianna Taylor up until yesterday was an absolute lie. A tragic situation brought on by bad life decisions. Has happened to so many people in the past. Brianna Taylor's no different. She's not a martyr. And if you want to protect black people in the black community, Brianna Taylor is not the hill to die on. So move along. That's it for Over the Line. Go to YouTube, subscribe, hit the notification bell, find us on Over the Line on the Facebook page. Show us some love there as well. And we will be back with a brand new episode before you know it. Until then, see you, Cole.